0: Welcome campers, settle in tight, for tonight you're in for a fright. Welcome, campers, to Friday Night Freight. We are your hosts. I'm Ryan, and I'm Jordan. Ready to hear some stories? I've I was born to hear stories, apparently. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> apparently, the, this is the path you have chosen. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm ready. I think I'm ready.
1: I always feel like it's been much longer than it actually has been.
0: I when feel, we do these, it seems like. It's longer between them these days. Yeah. It's
1: I don't know, maybe I just really enjoy these episodes and I always look forward to them.
0: I mean, you know, they're nice because you you know, we basically get to surprise ourselves. Yeah. And it's not only a treat for those listening, but also a treat for us. Yeah. I like exactly. that. I like it. Same. Yeah. The
1: chat GPT is always surprising. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And if any of you prefer our old format, please say so, so we can continue to do it this way.
1: Exactly. <laughs> no, so for those of you who are hearing Friday Night Fright for the first time, what we've been doing is running sort of an experiment with ChatGPT, allowing it each month to write a set of horror stories, right? Each of us will be reading a horror story written by ChatGPT. Right. We've sort of watched it progress over time.
0: Yeah. It's not without its uh, limitations and flaws, but at the same time, that makes it even more funny. Yeah, exactly. yeah. If you've not listened before, prepare. Prepare yourself.
1: We have both acknowledged that we would like for the stories to be scarier, more gruesome, more uh, gory. Yeah. You might say, right? Um, A good horror story always has some blood and guts, right? Agreed um so you know chat gpt does its best
0: yeah my my specific prompt i used well i'm not going to give everything away but in my prompt i specifically said make it the goriest thing you've ever written nice you know what it didn't do make it gory (laughs) as gory as i'd like at least yeah so yeah yeah, there's still limitations did it
1: um did you notice a,
0: a, an uptick at all? Yeah. Oh, yeah how high one
1: it is? Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's definitely, it. it's, I think it's still, you know, it's still, it's improving all the time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think I was a little worried when the, what, the 4.0 version, the paid version. Yeah. Came out that they were just going to sort of leave this version behind and it would stagnate, you know? Yeah, but it really has that It's gr- it's growing for sure. It, I mean, yeah,
0: compared to like yeah. when we first started uh doing this, it seemed like I would tell it write a thousand words, and it would be like a couple short paragraphs. Yeah, and I'm like, please write more. <laughs> yeah, and now I like tell it like you know write this, and it's like, all right, here's a, the whole here's a whole book.
1: Yeah, it is. It's crazy. I I recently asked for actually this story. I asked, I gave it, like, I said, like, 1,200 words. Yeah. To be right around 1,200 words, and it gave me a 2,000-word
0: story. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, it's solid. Solid for sure. Yeah.
1: Also, content-wise, it's come a long way, because it used to be, like, if you were, like, write a story about a guy named Tom who went to the store and got in trouble, right? The whole story would be, like, Tom did this, and then Tom walked to the store, and then Tom got in trouble. Yeah. and like it It had there were no pronouns no at all that was
0: so annoying too was, yeah yeah
1: it's gotten better
0: for sure yeah yeah i mean i it's it's awesome i think it like it seems like each week it our, i feel like our stories have pro- progressively gotten better as well as a yeah, result i think so so yeah i'm pumped do you, to, how much what
1: how much of that do you think is us getting better at prompting that's,
0: the ai honestly i think that's probably a, a bit of it yeah you know getting used to prompts and how to like work it to our favor and everything i think it's uh, i think it's definitely a big part of it yeah but i think just like what it's capable of i think it's definitely i there have definitely been improvements yeah i mean the
1: the whole point of it or the whole backbone of it is that it reflects the information that it takes in Right. Right. So I I wonder I see it feels like to me that most of the improvement probably comes from us getting better at with our prompts because this A this version of Chat GPT does have a cutoff, right? right. It's not yeah. taking in new information
0: anymore. Right. I think it's what was it, twenty 2020, twenty, twenty twenty one, I think? Something like that. It's like it's it's cut off, but it's still I mean it's it learns like you can still there's I've, I've watched a bunch of videos on like manipulating the prompt and stuff like that and like yeah to basically teach it new information for it to utilize it and stuff so like yeah i yeah. mean it's it's all about your prompt and like the whole ai engineering end of it rather
1: technically if you told chat gpt like if you basically like if you gave it an entire like master's thesis on a subject that was written after its cutoff date. You could just give that thesis to it. Yeah. And then ask it to write about it.
0: Yeah, that's You know true. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like,
1: you can give it new information manually. Yep.
0: It just has so no way to, like, cool. crawl and find the information.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly. It's going to be from whatever sources you provide.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: I wonder if you can literally drop a link into the prompt. <laughs> If you it know, can connect to whatever is on that, it can find through that link.
0: I don't think it's capable of doing that. Yeah. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I mean, at least like, I mean, it's been a while since I've looked at what we're on 3.5. That's not the lead, you know, after four other. Yeah. Um, I think it was before that, that it wasn't capable of, of actually like being able to follow, you know, internet links or anything like that. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure it's still the same, but I I could be wrong
1: because I know the original cutoff was like 2017, wasn't it? And then they update, they moved that back to like 2020 or 2021.
0: Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure what what it originally was. I think.
1: So I wonder if they'll keep moving the goalpost. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's I, I'm sure I'm sure it's possible. I yes. feel like
1: eventually, I think I think I feel like eventually when they get to version five. I wonder we'll if have... they'll drop four to three. <laughs> right, yeah.
0: Right. I mean, yeah, I, I would like to think that, I mean, you know, AI is still, it's still in its infancy. Just chat GPT, everything. I mean, it's still very, yeah. very new. So imagine even a year from now, what, yeah. you know, what, it, what it's going to be capable of. And so, yeah, I think, uh, I think we'll, we'll definitely see a lot more improvements, even, you know, if we remain cheap and don't upgrade or anything like yeah. that. <laughs> it's um it's wild to watch it yeah grow like
1: not just in this show but in general like ai is taking off everywhere in all kinds of different See, like,
0: areas and i expressed my my hesitant like being very hesitant towards ai at first um I, i'm completely on the ba- like the bandwagon of course like i mean there, there's there's that possibility right where you know we can become overran by ai and that's our future but uh the same time it's pretty damn cool
1: it is i think it's i'm here for it i will say i think it's great for us i'm not sure how great it'll be for human beings 100 years from now
0: yeah yeah for sure you know i mean at that point like i mean because people are already using ai to write game code uh like software application code stuff like that like eventually homework? yeah <laughs> like yeah. eventually we're all just going to be out of jobs because ai is going to be taking over and i mean yeah yeah like that that that'll be rough but uh it it's we'll, um, See, i
1: i and i will once again for the i don't know how many at the time um express that as a creative it is kind of a bummer to me that ai seems to be taking off first in creative spaces
0: yeah you know? Yeah, I mean, that's true. That's true. It's just like, I think that's just what's more popular because that's yeah. what's more accessible for the average user. Yep. I mean, if you get into like enterprise AI, like, yeah, all that shit, it, yeah. it's a lot more intense. The, yeah. the capabilities are endless. Yep. But I mean, we have and, stuff like Mid Journey, and I mean, people are now like making video, like movie trailers using AI out yeah. of like, single images that you can then actually animate through like video editing software. And it's, it's insane. Like I yeah. I recently went down that rabbit hole and just the amount of stuff that people are doing just with like AI created images and turning them into like actual animations. And yeah, yeah I recently it's, saw it's a crazy. commercial I recently saw a commercial.
1: Um, I believe it was a Burger King commercial where, the two characters from Breaking Bad were in it. Yeah, were in the commercial, and it was one hundred percent AI. I mean, dude, it was it like can... AI versions of them from season two or three of the show.
0: There was uh, what was that uh, that trailer that was done? Um, if the Barbie Barbie movie was uh, and I know there's probably people that are probably know exactly what I'm talking about right now, and I, of course I'm drawing a blank. Uh, that was done through AI, and it was stupid. Like completely, completely stupid how it was done, but like incredible. Yeah, um, I'll have to I'll have to find out specifically what it was because yeah, I'm not giving a whole lot of information here, so I apologize. Yeah. But again, <laughs> no, if you know I what I'm talking about, props to you. Well done. You get a gold <laughs> yeah, star. You do. You get a campfire approved golden star. Boy,
1: you ready to? Do, uh... I'm kind of excited for yours. Do you want to go
0: first? <laughs> if you want me to, I will. Yeah,
1: yeah. Because I'm excited to see if. If you're write the goriest story you've ever written, if I it don't actually know. Paid
0: off. I, I don't. I don't know if it's if it's the goriest story I've had. It like it's actually written, but I feel like it's more descriptive. Okay, in that regard, maybe not like blood and guts gory, which sure. is my my bread and butter. Like that's my preference, but sure, you know it. I'll take it. I guess. Okay. <laughs> it gets a it gets a three and a half out of five. Ryan's fair enough. Yep.
1: It's a respectable
0: number of Ryans. It really is. (laughs) (laughs) Might actually be three too many. All right. Well, you ready? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I'm so ready. Sweet. All right. My story this month, I guess, this Friday night, right, is called Blood Moon Hollow, which is a pretty damn stellar title, right? Yeah, Yeah.
1: it is. I dig it. It, Yeah. I told Mm -hmm. you when you you first told me the title that it sounds like a song track from uh, He Is Legend. I'll take that really does all like right. a southern southern core album <laughs> title
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right uh redneck danzig let's get right into it blood moon hollow the night was dark swallowed whole by an inky void that seemed to stretch on forever a lone figure walked along the worn path that led deep into the heart of blood moon hollow a place shunned by the locals and whispered about only in hushed tones the wind whispered through the gnarled trees Their skeletal branches reaching out like bony fingers, ready to snatch up anyone who dared to enter. Julia had heard the stories, the warnings about the curse that plagued this land for generations. But she was a skeptic, a hardened journalist seeking a story that would that would set her apart from the rest. The moon cast an eerie glow on the ground, broken only by the shifting shadows of the trees. Her footsteps echoed in the silence each step echoing like a heartbeat. As she ventured deeper into the hollow, the air grew thick and suffocating, as if the very atmosphere was conspiring to keep her away. She shivered, pulling her coat tighter around her body, but her determination held strong. She had come too far to turn back now. The path eventually led her to a clearing, bathed in the cold light of the moon, In the center stood an ancient oak tree, its bark marred by time and nature's harsh embrace. At the base of the tree lie a weathered stone altar, adorned with wilted flowers and tattered ribbons. Julia's heart raced as she realized she had stumbled upon the heart of the curse, the place where the vile ritual had taken place all those years ago. Ignoring the chill that crawled up her spine, Julia took out her camera and began snapping photos. Her flashlight cutting through the darkness like a blade. She felt a mixture of excitement and unease, the weight of the curse almost tangible in the air. Just as she was about to step closer to examine the altar, a rustling sound echoed through the trees, sending a wave of unease crashing over her. She turned her flashlight toward the source of the sound, and her blood turned to ice in her veins. Emerging from the shadows was a creature that seemed torn from the pages of Nightmare itself. Its body was a grotesque fusion of flesh and bone. Its skin stretched taunt over its emaciated form. Its elongated limbs ended in gnarled claws, each one capable of rending flesh from bone with a single swipe. Is this a fucking Wendigo? You're gonna have to figure it out, bud. It sounds pretty (laughs) Wendigo-y.
1: You're just gonna have to figure it out. I don't know. That word emaciated always calls to mind when right? To go. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Yep. And the the long arms. The claws. The claws. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's continue. The creature's head was the grotesque mockery of humanity. Its eyes sunken and vacant. Its mouth split in a rictus grin that revealed rows of razor sharp teeth. Julia's breath caught in her throat as the creature fixed its gaze upon her its eyes burning with a malevolent hunger. Frozen in terror, Julia could only watch as the creature began to move toward her, its disjointed limbs contorting and twitching with unnatural grace. She stumbled backward, her heart pounding in her chest, her mind racing to comprehend the abomination before her. Desperation took hold, and with a surge of adrenaline, she turned and fled. Crashing through the underbrush as the creature's inhuman shriek echoed through the night. She ran blindly, her heart pounding in her ears. The sound of the creature's pursuit growing ever closer. Her foot caught on a root, and she went sprawling to the ground, pain shooting through her ankle as she fell. She forced herself back to her feet. Her breath coming in ragged gasps, and limped onward, driven by sheer terror. Just as it seemed the creature would overtake her, she burst through the tree line and stumbled onto the main road that led out of Blood Moon Hollow. She didn't stop to look back, didn't dare to see if the creature still pursued her. She ran until her lungs burned and her muscles screamed, until the distant glow of street lights illuminated her path.
1: It's pretty fucking epic.
0: Right? It's a pretty solid, solid, like, chase scene.
1: Yes, it is. I, yeah. I'm really enjoying that. Sweet.
0: Collapsing onto the pavement, Julia's body trembled as she looked back at the dark expanse of the hollow. The night had forever changed her. The curse's malevolent presence seared into her very soul. She had sought a story, but what she had found was a nightmare, beyond her darkest imaginings. Little did she know the curse of Blood Moon Hollow was not so easily escaped. It had tasted her fear, her desperation, and it hungered for more. The creature that had once been a man twisted and deformed by the dark magic of the curse would not resist and not rest until it claimed her as its own. As the moon cast its cold light upon the hollow, the curse awakened anew, its tendrils of darkness stretching out, searching for its next victim. And Julia, marked by the curse, would find that there was no sanctuary, no escape from the terror that lurked within Blood Moon Hollow. The days that followed Julia's harrowing encounter with the creature of Blood Moon Hollow were a blur of terror and paranoia. She tried to convince herself that it had all been a nightmare, a product of exhaustion and fear, but the claw marks on her coat and the haunting memory of that malevolent gaze told her otherwise. She came in fits and starts, each night plagued by visions of twisted limbs and gnashing teeth. Julia's once vibrant spirit was now shattered. "'replaced by a constant state of unease. "'The curse had claimed her, "'its tendrils of darkness wrapping around her mind "'tightening their grip with each passing moment. "'She returned to her apartment, "'but even the familiar surroundings provided no solace. "'The shadows seemed to dance with the life of their own, "'and every creak of the floorboard sent her heart racing. "'She had thought that escaping Blood Moon Hollow "'would free her from its grasp, "'but the curse was a stain on her very soul.' a malevolent force that refused to be denied. I think the curse
1: might be PTSD.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would say that's a pretty solid assumption here. Yeah. Um but one thing that bothers me about this about this AI and the way that uh, sure. ChatGPT and everything does it. So many of these like malevolent and blah blah like it uses a lot of these same like terminology to describe things and repeats so much of the same like so much of the same details, maybe slightly yes. altered, but yep, also it, still very much the same.
1: It has a bad habit of latching on to like a set of four or five adjectives. And it's just yeah, going to use exactly. them the whole story. Yeah. 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 That's, and that's. I'm also keeping a mental tally of how many times you're going to say the phrase tendrils of darkness.
0: Dude. Yes. And that was that was the other one. I couldn't I yeah. couldn't think of it off the top of my head. But yeah, that's another one that's uh, yeah it's, it's two pretty right now pretty frequent in this story yeah
1: yeah i feel like i feel like some of those phrases are one and done you can't yeah, go back agree. to them you know I what agree. I mean? something Why? like tendrils of darkness that's yeah. a one that's a one-time use agreed
0: agreed yeah let's see how many more there are yeah julia's work suffered as well the stories she once pursued with vigor now seemed dull and lifeless Her editor noticed the change, the absence of the fire that had once burned within her. He urged her to take a break, to regain her footing, but she knew deep down that there was no escape. Blood Moon Hollow had changed her, and she could feel the curse's presence, a constant reminder of the horrors she had witnessed. One night as Julia lay in bed, the moon casting an eerie glow through her window, she heard it, the faintest whisper like a rustling of leaves carried in the wind. Her breath caught in her throat as the sound grew louder, closer. She sat up, her heart pounding, her gaze fixated on the open window. And then it came. A shadowy figure, its form shifting and contorting, stepping through the threshold as if they were a mere extension of the darkness itself. It was the creature, the abomination from Blood Moon Hollow, its eyes still burning with the same malevolent hunger. Julia's scream was caught in her throat as the creature drew closer, its claws scraping along the floor with a sickening sound. Julia, it whispered. Its voice a grotesque parody of humanity, a cacophony of distorted whispers woven together. You can't run from me. The curse has claimed you. Terror surged through Julia's veins and she scrambled backward, her heart racing. She wanted to escape, to flee from this nightmare, but she knew deep down that there was no escape from the curse. Net now bound her to the hollow. The creature drew closer. Its form shifting and warping with each step. It reached out with the clawed hand, its touch icy against Julia's skin. She recoiled, her breath coming in ragged gasps her mind a whirlwind of panic. You are drawn to the hollow, the creature hissed, its voice a chilling symphony of agony and malice. You sought the story, and now you are a part of it. Forever. That's a husky voice for an emaciated (laughs) form. (laughs) It's because I can't do it higher, all right? (laughs) I know, it's okay. Forever!
1: (laughs) (laughs) There are some good... There are some good turns of phrase, though.
0: Yeah, there there. really are. I mean, I like a chilling symphony of agony and malice, I think is super cool. I like that
1: one. I like the um, cacophony of something woven together.
0: There was a grotesque parody of humanity, a cacophony of distorted whispers woven together.
1: Yeah, I like the cacophony bit, but the (laughs) grotesque parody of humanity seems to be another one and done that it's using over and over again. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Earlier, it was just its head. <laughs> <laughs> now it's the whole thing. Yep. I like how this thing is like physical, but not physical. It it makes for a cool monster. Yeah,
0: you yeah, know I what I mean. It, I think it's really cool.
1: It reminds me of a little bit of the monster. Obviously, it's more humanoid, but it reminds me a little of the monster from Charterhouse. Ah, yeah. yeah that one was, it was gnarly
0: as shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it's like physical, but it's also unexplained you know what i mean it does shit that a physical being like crawling
0: through the bottom of the door and stuff like that yeah like nobody can do that like yeah yeah like a physical form there's no way it can contort itself to do that right it's got to be a mixture combination if you will
1: which i like yeah i like that
0: a cacophony of whatever's woven together whispers
1: distorted whispers
0: yeah that that's the one yep
1: this sort of reminds me of like a really like when you find a really good horror author and then you go back and read their first book, you know what I mean? That's fair. That's how it feels. Like there maybe just a few too many adjectives.
0: Yeah, like you know they're I mean? trying like, a little too hard. Yeah, just be yeah. like ha ha. You can. I'm going to describe this so you can really just taste it. I feel like that that's like a big,
1: a big chasm between like adult, adult yeah. horror and like YA horror. The, like, YA horror has so many adjectives. Well, yeah, of course. So many. And the more confident, more seasoned authors, I think, they pick a, one adjective that describes the thing they're trying to describe. You know yeah. what I mean? It, they don't need to be, like,
0: it does ragged,
1: this, rough, dark, right. scary voice. Like
0: It does a better job of describing it in one way versus describing it a thousand different ways. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You also become less dependent on adjectives when you
1: start embracing the idea of you want to show the reader, not tell them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. show them what's going It's just, it's there's a big difference. Yeah. You can tell.
0: Yeah, I agree. Even, I agree. Even
1: going back and reading real early, like Stephen King books, you get more, there's more of that. And as he got better over the years, there's less and less of it.
0: Yeah. I think that's something you'd be expected with with all authors though for sure
1: yeah there's always a progression mm-hmm. and look being a fan being a great horror writer's first book is not an insult by any means you know what I mean like that's
0: yeah I mean I'll something.
1: take it yeah
0: right this is all me and AI <laughs> <laughs> that's right Julia's vision swam with tears as she tried to make sense of the horror before her the curse had taken hold of her its grip unyielding, its intentions unfathomable. She wanted to scream, to fight, but she was paralyzed by fear, by the weight of the curse's influence. As the creature drew closer, Julia's instincts kicked in. With a surge of adrenaline, she forced herself to her feet, stumbling backward as she made for the door. The creature lunged its elongated limbs, reaching out to grab her, but she managed to slip through the door just in time, slamming it shut behind her. She leaned against the door gasping for breath, her mind a whirlwind of terror. She knew the creature was still out there, that the curse would never release its hold on her. Blood Moon Hollow had become her prison, its malevolent power a constant reminder of her folly. Days turned into weeks and Julia became a recluse, her apartment a fortress against the horrors that lurked outside, but the curse was patient its influence seeping into every corner of her mind. She heard the whispers in the shadows, saw the shifting forms in the corners of her vision. The line between reality and nightmare began to blur and she found herself teetering on the edge of madness. One night, as the moon hung heavy in the sky, casting a pale glow over the city, Julia's resolve finally shattered. The curse's whispers grew louder, its grip tighter until she could bear it no longer. With the scream that echoed through the empty corridors of her mind, she threw open the window and stepped out onto the narrow ledge. The wind whipped at her hair and clothes, the void of the city below seeming a beckon, calling her closer. Nope. The wind whipped at her hair and clothes, the void of the city below seeming to beckon her closer. She teetered on the edge, her heart pounding, her mind a tumultuous storm of fear and desperation. The curse's voice was a cacophony in her ears, urging her to embrace the void, to surrender to the darkness. And then, with the final surge of determination, Julia stepped back, away from the abyss. She closed the window, shutting out the curse's whispers, its promise of release. She was broken, battered, but she refused to let the curse claim her completely. As the sun began to rise, its warm light casting aside the shadows of the night, Julia knew that her battle was far from over. The curse still lingered, a constant reminder of the horrors she had witnessed, the darkness she had unwittingly unleashed. But she would not let it define her. She would fight for her sanity and for her very soul, and she would never forget the lesson she had learned in Blood Moon Hollow. A lesson paid in terror and blood I like it Yeah, me too. It's sort of a cool the whole story is
1: sort of a cool metaphor for like mental illness.
0: I that's that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Like she obviously there's the moment on the ledge, right? Which yep. a clear reference to like suicidal ideation, but she like mm-hmm. gets through it, right? She like gets through that moment and then even the line like she knew her her work was far from done right. right like it's like a thing that you have to fight forever yeah right um a battle Just, that you have to keep up with right
0: yeah like the claws and the tendrils and whatever yeah. else like the curse that's basically you know that's overtaking her i mean it could be about with depression and you know, yeah. suicidal thoughts and tendencies and things like that, like, you know, that she's basically trying to run from, but it just keeps catching up with her.
1: Yeah, exactly. I like it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty cool. I like this one. I should have went first. <laughs> it's a tough act to follow. Well, I'm, uh, I'm curious to see, uh, see how yours is. Yeah. So what did, uh, what did you write about? Uh, or what? <laughs> What did Chat GPT write about this week?
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um, mine was once again, um, once again, a couple months ago in Discord, we asked people to make suggestions for subjects, right? And Vuk from Tracing Owls gave us like a dozen.
0: Yeah. Um, which I had, so, I had planned to use one of those and I completely forgot about it again. So,
1: yeah. I, I know I like, I sat down to, to get started on it, and I was like, "What am I gonna write about? What am I gonna write about? <laughs> what story are we gonna make today,
0: together, <laughs> yeah. Chat
1: GPT and I? Yeah, um, Chat
0: GPT and me. It should be a movie,
1: right? It's coming. Yeah. Um, they should have Chat GPT write it. I'm actually gonna write um, it right now. <laughs> Done. The, uh, but yeah, I was wondering what subject I would go with, and I it. I remember that there's a whole list of them from the yeah. in Art Discord um but I went with <clears throat> this concept that he suggested where someone experiences essentially stigmata right they they start experiencing the wounds of a murder victim and it basically encourages them to solve the murder,
0: which is actually a pretty damn cool like premise for a story it is I like it.
1: It definitely is. It, the only reason it always made me laugh when I read it is because I imagined GPT writing it.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah.
1: Like, I feel like it could be a really cool premise, but we'll see. Or we'll it see could turn it into, like, this
0: weird religious thing as well. Sure. We could
1: go any you know? number of ways here. Mm-hmm. It might end up being, like, a weird Law & Order episode. You never know. <laughs> so you ready
0: yeah i'm ready for sure all right cool so my story i already forget the title of it so i'm ready because i know what's funny
1: my story is titled echoes of the forgotten a tale of haunting justice
0: i just remembered as you were saying it all right excellent <laughs> yes so i love this title it's so trolling that yep. yeah yeah it's, it's bound to be good
1: yeah you you can always be confident the story's going to be ridiculous when the title has a colon in it.
0: <laughs> I know. I, I wish mine had one, but I, I really liked the title to it, so.
1: Yeah, I mean, your story was pretty fucking legit. I think it deserved to not have a colon in the title.
0: Yeah, but I feel like a colon really sets it apart. Like, it's like, this is a tale, such and such. I don't Like, it seems like all more that- powerful.
1: All I know is, this week I was scrolling through my wife's Audible account, and every fucking book in there had a colon in the title. (laughs) Nice, every every one of them. So I now relate. I now relate that to, let's say, lesser literature. You should just throw this. uh,
0: (laughs) You should just record it and throw it up, and (laughs) there for. (laughs) You're like, what is this? Oh yeah, I must have downloaded it. Yeah, she'd be like, there's no
1: porn in this story. I
0: mean, if there's not porn, then there's something wrong.
1: Yeah, apparently. Those books sell, I'll give them that. Oh, they, yeah.
0: And they sell for a reason.
1: I suppose so. Sex sells, you know? Yeah. You ready to have your mind blown? Yeah.
0: Alright. I think so. Here we go. Okay. From. I guess, well, we're not going to have to remind our listeners because that'll be cut out.
1: Echoes of the Forgotten A Tale of Haunting Justice Jonathan Hawthorne had always considered himself an ordinary man leading an unremarkable life. He worked a desk job, lived in a modest apartment, and had a routine that rarely deviated from the mundane. That is, until the night his reality twisted into something chillingly extraordinary. It began innocuously enough. One evening, as he was watching TV, a sharp pain shot through his left hand, causing him to drop the remote. He inspected it, puzzled, but found no obvious cause for the discomfort. The pain faded, leaving behind a peculiar tingling sensation, like a memory he couldn't quite grasp. Over the following days, the sensation escalated. Jonathan awoke to find a deep gash on his arm, as though something had scraped against his skin. He was alone in his apartment, and no sharp objects were near. He cleaned the wound, but its origin remained a mystery. One evening, while preparing dinner, he suddenly felt his side burn, as though he had been stabbed. He tore his shirt off and gasped at the sight. A fresh wound marred his skin. Matching the pain. Fear gnawed at his gut as he tried to comprehend what was happening to him. Was he losing his mind? Was his body
0: betraying him? Was his body betraying him? Yeah. <laughs> you meanie. We don't like you no more.
1: <laughs> That's a, a fairly That's common a- phrase describing the you I I Ill, guess so.
0: It just still right? sounds funny. Yeah, it does. <laughs> is my body betraying me right now? You promised me. Sorry, I'm done. Broken
1: body promises.
0: (laughs) You said we'd be together forever.
1: (laughs) I would hope so. (laughs) Jonathan's terror deepened when he realized that the wounds on his body seemed to correlate with those of a murder victim he saw on the news. It was as if his flesh was mirroring the trauma inflicted upon this poor soul. A sense of dread settled over him, making him feel like a pawn in some twisted game. See, if I were writing this, it would take him way longer to realize what was happening to him.
0: Well, he just happened to watch TV. Yeah, just
1: synchronicity,
0: just perfect, perfect sync up. This makes so much sense now. Yeah. Also, would you like, would you watch TV and be like, huh, that's eerily similar. Right. Maybe there's something to this.
1: Let's not even get into the fact that a news story about a dead person would never go into details about where the wounds were on their body and all that. Never.
0: I mean, you know, maybe. Subject had a three-foot incision and it's left.
1: (laughs) 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 A three-foot incision. (laughs)
0: was missing three of its hands and two feet exactly and 17 fingers he
1: only had three fingers left (laughs)
0: because if it was missing all of its hands they would know exactly how many fingers it was missing too that's
1: true yeah days turned into weeks as they often do in these stories and the manifestations
0: continued that's also the same with life. It's true. Days often. Days and turns in, turn into weeks, turn into months, turns into years. Yeah.
1: And then. And further if we want. And then suddenly your 20th high school reunion is coming up.
0: Uh, <laughs> oh, man. That's true. <laughs> oh, that's weird. I didn't even think about that. You're
1: welcome. <laughs> <sighs> All right. You ready? Yeah, we're old as balls. <laughs> At least we're doing better than old Hawthorne here. (laughs) (laughs) Truth. (laughs) His ankle throbbed, and upon inspection, he discovered an eerily familiar bruise. The crime scene photos haunted his thought. Again, they would never show crime scene photos on a news story.
0: I mean, they might show them in a baggie. Yeah, they're not going to show the bruise on the corpse's ankle. (laughs) Hey, lift it up. Look at this. Get a real good look at it. Exactly. Would you
1: look at that? Get the camera lights in here. (laughs) The crime scene photos haunted his thoughts, and he began to piece together the unsettling truth. The wounds he bore were identical to those inflicted on the murder victim. Desperation and fear consumed him. He visited doctors, hoping for a rational explanation. But their baffled expressions only deepened his sense of isolation. Friends grew distant, unsure how to react to this increasingly bizarre affliction. Jonathan's life had spiraled into a macabre nightmare, and he was trapped within it, a prisoner of his own flesh. One night, as he lay awake in his dimly lit apartment, the room seemed to shift around him, shadows danced like sinister specters, and the air felt heavy with an otherworldly presence. A figure emerged from the darkness, an ethereal woman her form blurred and indistinct. Jonathan!
0: She whispered. (laughs) Once more, I don't think we heard you. Jonathan! (laughs) That was even better. (laughs)
1: Jonathan! I really hope she doesn't say anything else. (laughs) Her voice carried a mournful resonance. He recognized her from the news. A murder victim, face twisted in anguish. He recoiled in terror, but she floated closer, her spectral hand reaching out to touch him. As her fingers brushed his forehead, a searing pain sliced through his skull. The room spun, and he was consumed by visions of violence and despair, a life cut short, a struggle for survival, a gruesome end. When the onslaught finally ceased, Jonathan found himself gasping for air, drenched in sweat. He was no longer alone in his apartment. The murdered woman's presence lingered, a phantom tethered to his existence. See, I like the way this is going, honestly. Yeah, uh, yeah.
0: Honestly, this is basically an episode of Ghost Whisperer without Jennifer Love Hewitt. Damn it, you're right. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> like once, once I started to think about it, I was like, "Yep, that's what this is going to become."
1: Yeah. Or if you've ever, if you ever read the Odd Thomas series by Dean Koontz, it's very similar to that too. Real original AI. As his heart raced, he knew what he had to do. The visions had given him insight into the truth, the identity of the murderer, and the chilling realization that his own body was a conduit for justice. Holy shit.
0: Like a haunting justice?
1: That's right. Nice. This guy's got a little got a little Chuck Norris in his soul. <laughs> a conduit for justice.
0: I'm sure there is a Chuck Norris joke that could be made here. Almost certainly. He could
1: feel her pain, her desperate need for closure. Jonathan embarked on a mission fueled by equal parts fear and determination. He delved into the case, piecing together evidence and connecting dots that had eluded the police. The more he uncovered, the more he realized how deep the darkness ran. How far the tendrils of the crime had spread. Oh, tendrils, huh? More tendrils. Juicy. Juicy tendrils. (laughs)
0: <laughs> now, this is oddly becoming a hentai story.
1: Yeah, very quickly. Haunted by his nightly encounters with the murdered woman's spirit, Jonathan was driven to solve the mystery, to unravel the truth behind her death, and to find a way to free himself from the macabre manifestations that now controlled his life. As he delved deeper, he unearthed secrets that would shatter his perception of reality leading him down a twisted path of deceit, betrayal, and the malevolent forces that intertwined the fates of the living and the dead. All I know is, if he unearths secrets that shatter his perception of reality, they better be given to us. I mean, I hope so. Like, these stories have a way of doing that, where they'll just, like, allude to some big thing, but they don't actually describe it. it.
0: Right, yeah. Yeah,
1: that shit drives me nuts. Jonathan's obsession with the murder case consumed him. Days blended into nights as he pored over evidence, studied crime scene photos, and interviewed witnesses who had been overlooked by the police. The spectral wounds that appeared on his body were a constant reminder of the urgency of his mission. The murdered woman's spirit continued to visit him, her presence growing stronger and more insistent. She would appear at the edge of his vision, her mournful gaze urging him to press on. With every vision she bestowed upon him, Jonathan felt a deeper connection to her, as though they were bound by a tragic bond that transcended life and death. In his relentless pursuit of the truth, Jonathan stumbled upon a web of lies that stretched far beyond the initial crime scene. The victim, Emily Turner, had been entangled in a complex network of secrets involving powerful individuals with dark intentions. Fuck your vagary chat gpt
0: i mean they just had dark intentions <sighs> and they were evil always so with the like that's all you need to know always with the webs of lies and
1: i mean yeah powerful individuals like, what
0: what makes it a web of lies like yeah. what came to this like this realization or this conclusion yeah we don't know we it don't just know. happened yeah it's out there just a vague web all of you lies. need to know is it was there yeah
1: yeah She had been silenced for what she knew, her voice snuffed out in the dead of night. As he delved deeper, Jonathan's own life became increasingly endangered. Mysterious figures began to shadow him. Lurking in the shadows and sending menacing messages meant to dissuade him from his investigation. Yet the phantom wounds persisted, fueling his determination to expose the truth. One particularly unsettling night, Emily's spirit materialized before him with an urgent plea. Through a torrent of images, she revealed that the key to solving her murder lay hidden in a forgotten part of the city, an abandoned asylum, its walls echoing with the tormented cries of its former inhabitants. With trepidation, Jonathan entered the decaying asylum, his heart pounding in his chest. The air was thick with a suffocating darkness that seemed to seep into his very soul. The flicker of his flashlight revealed disturbing scenes. Restraints bolted to walls, padded cells, and haunting graffiti etched by the hands of the tormented. No, that's Have you ever seen graffiti in an abandoned in, a, in an abandoned asylum and thought, "I bet the patients did that?" I mean, yeah, why not? It's definitely not the patients. I mean, he
0: walked in there and within an instant saw all these different things. Yeah. So I'm I'm not going to rule it out.
1: I mean, I'm going to say odds are the graffiti came from 15 year olds (laughs) hanging out in there after. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. Just a bunch of assholes going in there and wrecking the place.
1: Exactly. As he ventured deeper into the asylum's depths, the wounds on his body began to throb in time with his racing heart. He could almost feel the agony that Emily had endured. The terror that had consumed her in her final moments the line between their two existences blurred, and he was no longer sure where his own pain ended and hers began. In a hidden chamber, he stumbled upon a cache of documents that exposed a nefarious plot. Emily had been on the brink of revealing a conspiracy that implicated some of the city's most influential figures in heinous crimes. They had silenced her to protect their secrets, and Jonathan now held the damning evidence that could bring them to justice. But justice came at a cost
0: as it always does freedom
1: ain't free it's a buck oh five yeah at (laughs) least
0: give or take sometimes it's 10.99 it could be
1: yeah Mm -hmm. fucking price gougers inflation as he fled the asylum the shadows seemed to come alive contorting and twisting into monstrous forms the air grew colder the whispers slithered through the darkness promising retribution for his audacity the torment he endured was no longer limited to his physical wounds. It had become a battle for his sanity. Desperation pushed Jonathan to confront the leaders of the conspiracy, armed with the evidence that could destroy them. That's a really bad idea. Why would you do that? Why not? You just go to the police with it. Yeah, but he's like he's like a vigilante. Right, but you don't go to the bad guy's house and go, Gotcha!
0: He's just going to take it on himself. He has all these wounds. Man. You know, he's going to be like, look what you did to her as he shows his titties.
1: Yeah. I, I'm i feeling like he just bought a one-way ticket to cement shoe town. <laughs> That's how I'm feeling. <laughs> yep. But the closer he came to exposing their crimes, the more malevolent their tactics became. They unleashed a relentless campaign to discredit him, to paint him as a delusional madman consumed by his obsession. Jonathan's once-ordinary life had been transformed into a nightmarish ordeal, a struggle for survival against forces far beyond his comprehension. As the line between reality and the supernatural continued to blur, he found solace only in the presence of Emily's spirit, a reminder of the injustice that bound them together. Haunted and hunted, Jonathan faced a critical choice. To retreat and preserve his own sanity or to confront the darkness head-on, to seek the justice that Emily's spirit yearned for. The spectral wounds that adorned his body had become both a curse and a compass, driving him inexorably forward on a collision course with the malevolent forces that sought to bury the truth forever. Now that is a good
0: paragraph. Yeah. That's solid as fuck. Yeah, I mean, that puts the rest of your story to shame. Right? It was weird. It was just holding out for the perfect moment. Yeah. That was weirdly well written, all of this unanswered, random stuff that's happening, and the fact that instead of just doing away with them, they just decide to launch a campaign against him, yeah, to discredit them
1: <laughs> That's
0: very strange, <laughs> yeah, well,
1: don't ask for logic,
0: yeah, I mean, Emily didn't, and look what that got her
1: exactly, but dude, this paragraph, I love the like mirrored use of of pairs haunted and hunted and then curse and compass like yeah dude it's so good
0: okay with the haunted hunter with this cursed compass that's right (laughs) that's my next story (laughs) the haunted hunter (laughs) colon the cursed compass sorry the cursed compass
1: yeah cursed cursed yeah if the compass is more than a hundred years old it's cursed the battle raged within jonathan Between his crumbling sanity and the unwavering resolve to bring Emily's killers to justice, he stood at the precipice of a choice that could seal his fate. Surrounded by the haunting echoes of their shared torment, Emily's spirit had become a constant presence, guiding him through the labyrinthine corridors of deception. With each encounter, the ethereal form grew more distinct, as though the bond between them transcended the boundaries of the living and the dead. But the malevolent forces aligned against him intensified their assault. They exploited his weaknesses, sowing doubt and despair, using every means to break his spirit. Why would they go to all that trouble? Why wouldn't they just whack it? Right. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, they didn't go on a campaign like, to discredit <laughs> Emily.
0: Exactly. They just stabbed yeah, her just to death. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. And instead, they're just like, we have to get back at this guy. Like, he knows too much. We're going to dox him. What <laughs> what better way can we get back at him than make everybody think he's crazy? Yeah.
1: Jesus. That's because the AI won't the AI can talk about someone who has died, but they won't tell you about someone dying. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Like I mean, I think we need to purposely be like make the main character die.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, we've talked about that, but I haven't tried it yet.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I'm I'm going to have to do it with my haunted hunter and his cursed compass. Yeah, you should. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. He
1: was tormented by hallucinations, shadows that whispered his name, and visions of his own demise. The wounds on his body multiplied, leaving him on the brink of collapse. Yet through the haze of pain and fear, Jonathan clung to the truth, armed with the damning evidence he had uncovered. He sought out a journalist willing to expose the conspiracy... Probably that chick from your story.
0: (laughs) I don't even remember her name at this point. Me
1: neither. Together, they constructed an airtight case, one that could not be easily dismissed as the ravings of a tormented man. The day of reckoning arrived, a press conference that would reveal the names and deeds of the guilty. Jonathan stood before a room filled with reporters, their eyes fixed on him, some skeptical, others eager for a scandal. As he recounted his journey, his voice trembled with the weight of his conviction. But in the shadows, the figures who had orchestrated Emily's murder watched with baleful intent. The room seemed to chill, the air thick with a malevolence that threatened to snuff out the truth once and for all. I think Dick Wolf produced this.
0: I don't even know what's going on at this point. I'm just, I'm here for it. Just
1: hang on for the ride.
0: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All
1: right. As Jonathan presented the evidence, a figure emerged from the crowd, the very person whose hands were stained with Emily's blood. Panic and rage contorted his features, and he lunged at Jonathan, a knife glinting in his hand. In that moment of desperation, Emily's spirit materialized beside Jonathan, her form radiant and resolute. The force of her presence halted the assailant in his tracks freezing him with a terror that mirrored the agony of his victim's final moments. With a voice that resonated with both sorrow and resolve, Emily spoke through Jonathan, her words chilling the room. She recounted the horrors she had endured, the truth she had discovered, and the lengths to which her killers had gone to bury their sins. The press conference became a confrontation between the living and the dead, a battle of wills and truths, that could not be suppressed. The evidence was too damning, the collective outrage too palpable. The malevolent figures were exposed, stripped of their power, their secrets laid bare for the world to see. As the truth emerged, the oppressive darkness that had haunted Jonathan began to dissipate. The wounds that had marred his body began to fade, their hold over him weakening. Emily's spirit stood beside him, her form radiant and peaceful the weight of her suffering finally lifted. In the aftermath, Jonathan found solace in the closure he had brought to Emily's spirit. The nightmare that had consumed his life was over, replaced by a newfound purpose, to ensure that justice prevailed, to protect the vulnerable, and to honor the memory of a woman whose tragic fate had become entwined with his own. Is this a superhero origin story? I think it could be. It's at least a start for it, yeah. It's like a newfound purpose? hmm His... Imagine coming to a point in your life where you're like, you know what? I have a newfound purpose. It's to ensure that justice prevails.
0: <laughs> Just generally. I think that's why we have police officers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The wounds of the past began to heal. Both for Jonathan and for the city that had been plagued by the darkness that had tried to remain hidden. As he walked through the streets, no longer haunted by spectral wounds or malevolent shadows, he carried with him the echoes of a story that defied the boundary between life and death. A story that had culminated in a convergence of shadows and a triumph of truth over darkness. And as time passed, the memory of the man who had borne the stigmata of a murdered soul faded into legend, a symbol of the unyielding power of justice and the enduring bond between the living and dead so what was the conspiracy doesn't matter he won
0: <laughs> also why couldn't emily have came forth and materialized in front of them a long time ago the bond between her and jonathan had to grow to a point where she could materialize do you think like maybe she like always had this like secret crush on jonathan and saw him from afar she wanted to get close <laughs> to him and then after like you know yeah The thing happened with her. She was like, ah, perfect opportunity.
1: Exactly. They went to the same coffee shop. This is
0: basically a love story. It's like Romeo and Juliet.
1: Yeah. Except only one of them's dead.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but Jonathan now has a new purpose. His old self is dead. Yeah.
1: I'm reading between the lines. I like it. I like Uh it. A little depth there. Yeah. Okay. That story sucked.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. There's just so many questions and so much it just doesn't make sense
1: chat gpt just took us for a ride i mean yeah
0: well we can't win them all
1: boy howdy but it was still amusing it was yeah yeah it was nice so if you made it this far
0: congratulations you got another campfire approved golden star that's right.
1: My story, at least, will provide, you know, some humor so that you don't have to think about that horrific fear-eating Wendigo from Brian's story when you're trying to go to sleep tonight. No,
0: please think about that. <laughs> Turn off all the lights. Relax. Take a deep breath. <laughs> relax. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. There this is your This is a stories. productive Friday Night Fright. Yeah. Whole
1: bunch there. Mm-hmm.
0: I like it. What was this one? Friday Night Fright 13. 14. 14? Yeah. Cheese and rice. 14. Wow. Right? I don't know. <laughs> I have back to look.
1: It's 14. Okay. It's 14. All right. Yeah. Because I remember when I made the graphic for a 13, it was annoying because it was like. You're right. It's 14. X, I, I, I. And I was looking forward to X, I, V. Ah yeah almost we're there
0: <laughs> yeah just
1: wait until just wait until Friday Night Fright 30 when it's all it's it's gonna be all fucking horror fanfic porn yeah of course that's what we're gonna read it's gonna be like Bigfoot erotica and fucking Slenderman yes. Slenderman porn stories yeah I'll do yeah. an
0: alien alien erotica there you story. Go. okay that's like a goal of mine okay
1: <laughs> Uh oh, with yep. that.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I think that concludes Friday night fright 14.